I want to, in one sense, continue what I was saying last week. There's been a lot of response from last week. Apparently, the message really helped a lot of people. And um, I think I, I should talk more about it. It's, um, and the more I look at it, the more I realize how that message is out of step with what many people here in the West believe. And so all the more reason we should look at it again. If you weren't here last week, this message stands on its own two feet anyway. But um, they will fit together if you were here last week. And I want to read at least three verses of Psalm number one. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That word law, maybe you'd better understand it as teaching. Um, Blessed, he delights in the teaching or explaining of the Lord, the I am. And in his teaching, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. And I want to zero in, although holding everything I've read there in mind, on on that verse 3, that it, it, it yields fruit in its season. We have talked about that some months or maybe years ago, because um, in, in a few weeks' time, I will have been, at least before the public speaking, for 70 years. And... Um, So, of course, I've talked about it before. I've talked about most of the Bible before. But um, I I want to look at it as it specifically talks to what we were touching on last week. It says that it yields fruit in its season. In its season. And that is a big word and certainly an even bigger idea, especially in the Old Testament, but it comes over into the New It's talking the season. What is a season? A season is a time when things change. When you say season, it means there was something else before and there will be something else after, but we're living in this season. It changed from what it was and it will change at the end, but right now we're in this season And so the word means an end of something has taken place, but now there's been a new beginning, and that beginning will become the way things are, and that will end. We're in the season. That's what it means. It means that it's a time of significance. It's so significant you can put a name to it. Um, It's not just um, a happening, a thing, It's a season of, and it's so significant, you can put a name to it. It's an essential happening in life. Seasons are part of being alive. If you don't have the seasons, then actually you're not alive or you'll soon be dead. Um, Seasons are part of life. Uh, Now, another word, which means that's when I say it gets even bigger in the Old Testament, There's another word, time. And when the Old Testament speaks of time, it rarely means the time on the clock. It's talking of seasons, a time. This is a time of, it's a period in which specific events take place that haven't been taking place before. But now they're taking place and we're in the time of their taking place. Uh, Let me give you, um, some of those scriptures in the Old Testament in Psalm 62 8 it says trust in the Lord at all times and you can read that very quickly and get the general drift but I'm saying stop and realize what it's saying it is saying trust in the Lord whatever the season is whatever this thing is happening 
the time you're in. And of course, then Psalm 34, you know it all too well, but have you ever thought of what it's saying? Bless the Lord at all times. That doesn't mean from one o'clock to two o'clock to three o'clock. It means in this season that I'm in, in this period when specific things are happening, bless the Lord at all times. Or again, David said in Psalm 31, my times are in your hand. It means whatever time I'm in, whatever season has come upon me, it's all in the hands of God, all of it. And what we quoted the other week, and probably go back to it this week, but in, in Song of Solomon and chapter 2, you've got this fantastic passage beginning in verse 10. And I'll just say how it begins in the Passion uh, paraphrase. He says, now is the time. The season has changed. And that kind of puts it really together. And that is a very good translation there. In the New Testament, you have another word. And I think we've talked about this before. When, when we say new, we, we usually mean new in a series. So something that has been is again, only it's, it's been upgraded a bit, so it's new. Um, but then in the Greek, they have a word which we can't really say in one word. The word in Greek is kairos, and it means new, but in the sense of you've never been here before. It means new in kind, not just merely new in a series. This is new in kind, which it's a crisis event. What was yesterday isn't any more today. This is new. This is new. And therefore, it comes to mean maybe in English a day of opportunity. It means that this is a life-changing moment. Grab it. This is a moment of opportunity. This is something you haven't had before. It's a fitting time to act. It's Kairos moment. Uh, some have translated it a fertile moment. Here is a moment that's going to burst into life if you know what's going on. This is a moment of change. Seasons, times. Our life is absolutely full of it. That, that's the, and if you miss it, then your life in your mind, your outlook, your worldview is that life is just one long gray blur. Well, life is not one long gray blur. It is continual change. We, at least here in this part of the world, um, we have literally the changing of the seasons. And that we, we, there's springtime, and it's a very definite time. The temperature is a certain temperature. All the trees and grasses are doing specific things and the birds are doing specific songs and whoa it's an explosion springtime it's a season and it began and you can remember when winter ended and and you actually said it you said spring is in the air yeah a change a season is happening all around us and then comes summer and when summer comes it's a total difference there's no more explosion in the bushes because now we've got the leaves and now they're growing and they're being what they were intended to be. The temperature has changed and what you do changes with the temperature. Summertime, it's different and you get bitten more in the summer. It's, you know, mosquitoes and the rest of it. But that is important that I say that silly little thing because that's what a season is. Things are happening in a season that don't happen at other times. And then the fall, and especially you who live in the north, you know what the fall is. And down here in the south, we just salivate over what you see in the fall. When the leaves change color, and when you, you, there's a, I've lived there, you see, and and there's there's it's in the air. I cannot explain to a Texan what it is to walk up there in Northland in Connecticut and up in Vermont, walk there on a November evening, and the mist in the air and the leaves underfoot, and yeah, it's a season. See, it's a season. 
and the people right here are looking at me and, and they're looking I wish I could see that but but then comes winter and again you you know it's it's the mark we've passed from one to another and you can you can almost say maybe in the middle of the night winter's here you know and you go out and and there's a chill in the air and you see your breath and you realize this isn't summer this isn't fall winter has come it's a new season and it affects the way you dress it affects the way you walk around winter there's seasons now if you can imagine a life where they don't exist it's it's just a blur and and that does something to our bodies your body changes with every season uh, what what about conception when you were conceived in your mother's womb she got pregnant and a new season came about which meant inside her invisibly but inside her there were massive changes going on a new season a new happening a new time had come and the time would last for exactly 9 months or so and and, and then comes the birth which brings on a new time and a new season the, the, that's the way god set it up that that it wasn't just we bang you're here no there was the seasons that prepared and take away the seasons and we're not ready to have you but once the seasons are in place then we've got 9 months in preparation and we're ready and you are being prepared and we are being prepared and then you arrive and everything's prepared because there were seasons they're necessary and then the child there's a season of childhood there's also a season of teenage ask any parent they can tell you when it began and when it ended you know and then there's the season of the adult and then there's the season of old age and the bible speaks of that it talks about the the season of old age it's not just finally that your decrepit body falls apart it, it means you've entered into a new season with everything the season has to offer even the birds know about it especially when we lived in canada we we would see at a certain time in the fall um the the birds would get restless uh, as if they know something's afoot something's happening uh, and they would congregate like a church meeting uh, on on telephone wires and, and in trees hundreds of them uh, and and then one day they're gone they're gone uh, and they they're up and, and bird they they've got the maps in their head they've got fantastic gps systems in their head uh, and they fly you know because i moved to texas and i welcomed those birds they came from canada all chirping with a canadian accent uh, and and they they migrated now do you understand what i'm saying i know it's silly but <coughs> the seasons are in the very um nervous system of birds and animals they they know watch a bear at that time of the year and he gets restless and goes off and goes to sleep and he sleeps and sleeps and sleeps hibernates he, he, he can't stop it it's it's a season that that he needs to have and the days and the weeks have you thought of that a day is a season of 24 hours and a week is a season of seven of them and then you know the months and then the years and then the decades and then the centuries but we mark it we mark it because we recognize and we look back into the 20th century and we say well that was a time of and and each brought something unique it was a season this is so specific you can tell where when the tide will come in if you live in a tidal area you you can look on a calendar 2000 years from now and you can know the minute on the clock when the tide will turn and and I've lived in that place too and, and it's an amazing thing you're sitting there and suddenly the water does a u-turn and comes rushing toward you the tide's coming in and, and who who told it it's built into our very systems of creation a season there was a season for the tide to be out and then 
comes in. The season of the moons. Do you know at full moon, New York City is lifted six inches? Did you know that? The pull of the moon when it's in full. Yeah, a season, you see. And so we, we mark our months by it. Well, the lunar calendar, when the moon is this, when the moon is that. And Can you get used to this? I, I want you to feel it. it, it it's uh, We say it's hurricane season. Well, we use the word season. You know, it means that from this time on, you can expect hurricanes because of this and because of that. And why? But that happened exactly the same last year. And last year, there's something happens, and it happens in Africa, and it comes across the Atlantic. And by the time it hits us, we call it a hurricane. It's a season. It's a time. And so we prefer. We we prepare. It's a time to be wet. It's been a long time this year, but there's a time to be cold and there's a time to be hot. And of course, we we have cycles, um, all of us. We all live in cycles that can be, um, you can map them. And there are days when you're down. That's not the devil. It's your hormones going down. And and then our hormones come up, and that's not the joy of the Lord. That's just what happens in your body. And, and there's a time to sleep. There's a certainly a time to get up. Um, it's a time to eat. Do you realize these are all cycles? These are times. These are seasons. Little ones, big ones. You got it. There's a thing called seasons and, and times. And seasons happen to us. That is, we don't choose. I, I, I don't choose on, you know, December the 20th. I think this will be Midsummer's Day. It will be a good day to have Midsummer's Day. I have no choice. Seasons, times, they, they happen to us. and But they happen at the right time. I might not agree with that but they do happen at the right time and they produce the balance of life. If we try to change them, you have chaos, which is very interesting. It, it, it's such a chaos that you know you have violated something that is built into the very structure of our existence. Did you know that in the French Revolution, which took place more or less the same time as the American Revolution, but the French Revolution was an atheistic revolution. And so they, they set out in the new France to do away with anything that smelled of God. And they started with the seven-day week because they had enough sense to know seven days, week, uh, echoes back to the seven days of creation. So they said it won't be a seven-day week. We're going to have a ten-day week. People nearly went insane. I mean, seriously, they they had a ten day week and went insane because our bodies are made for a seven day week. Isn't that interesting? Or dare I go here? But there's a time to eat, and there is a time to have fellowship and joy. And that's why it is ordained into our very being that we sit down and we eat and we fellowship and we commune and we celebrate with eating our covenant relationships. And I'm talking about humanity, not just believers. That, that's, and when I've been to the third world, I, I realized how out of step I am with that. Because to them, the most sacred moments are the gathering of the family to eat and to communicate and to recognize our covenant union. And, and um, a meal can go on for two or three hours because it's not about eating so much as it is talking and sharing and being. And I come over here and the teenager walks in in the middle of the afternoon and grabs a nothing out of the and says, I'll be, see you later, and that's it. That's, that's all he knows of his family. It's, it's where the refrigerator is. And, and the parents are gone and every There is no time. 
See, no time. There's no season of eating. And what has happened in the last 50 years is the family's fallen apart because there was no place in the system of... In fact, there was no rhythm to life. Life is grab it and go. I just throw that in. But that's it. Now, the Hebrew word for season carries with it the idea of answer in the sense that every season demands an answer from me. That's the Hebrew idea. And so when a season comes, there's an expected result. It's a certain result. We know what this season will bring. And so we expect it. It's certain. So therefore we respond. We answer and we plan to work. We plan to prepare with anticipation what this season holds. So, in the springtime, how do I answer springtime? I plant. That's when you plant. That's about all you do. You prepare the ground, you put in the seed, and it looks like nothing really is happening, but you plant. And then you nurture or you nurture it all the way through the summer, just watching, watching, watching. And then at the end of the summer, I answer the fall. I answer it by harvesting and picking. And you see what I mean? It's, it's, each season not only has its own character, what is happening here, but it has a different answer from me. I answer the season differently in the spring to the way I answer it at the end. Spring is, is really easy compared with when it comes to the end of the summer, the fall. I've got to work, 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 work. Um, and if you've stayed around ranchers, you know when, when it's harvest time, you'll work through the night if necessary. We've got to get the harvest in. That's my answer to the season. It, you act in accord with the season. You act in a fitting way. This is happening, so I've got to answer it. It's the same idea that you don't bring a dance band to a funeral. Um, that would not be fitting. It, it means you, you don't wear mourning clothes at a wedding. Uh, it, it's not fit. And, and so we fit the season. We fit it. We yield to it. We go with it. We answer it. And the trouble is, although birds understand seasons, birds know how to answer the time. Human beings made in the image of God don't. We're like idiots. And we're constantly fighting the season. I don't want this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, take the child growing up when they're, what, 10, 11? Are they enjoying being 10 or 11? Are they discovering the grace that God gives at 10 and 11? No. I want to be a teenager. I want to be a teenager. Uh, and I'm fighting this season. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I don't want to be a kid anymore. I want to be a teenager. And the teenager, they want to be the adult and act as if they are and tell adults as if, their children and the teenagers and adult. And I had, does a teenager ever really enjoy being a teenager? Do they ever answer the season of teenage? You see, we fight it. It's and, and an adult. Oh, now there's a strange thing. We turn around again now, and the adult wants to be a child. Um, yeah. In fact, we live again in a broken society. And and this is at the heart of it. And it's only happened really out loud in the last 50, maybe 25 years or so. The man-child. There's this poor creature. And I say that. Poor creature. That that he, he's a man now. And he wants to play with toys. Come on, man. You're a man. You're a man you're a woman. Now let's answer the season and be it. Oh no, not in America. Not in America. Now we, we have the culture of youth. 
And, and so everything is to make you younger. Everything is to change the season. I may be 40, but I'm going to act like a 20-year-old. And, and I'm going to put on clothes, and I'm going to put this on my face, and it promises to change the shape of my face so I look young. Because we're, we, we're, we're avoiding old age. We don't want to even admit we get old. We avoid it. We push it away. I don't want to, that's not, I'm just, the, the, the fact is, we are brought in a culture that wants to recapture a season that's passed instead of discover the wonders, and I mean that word very seriously, the wonders that are buried in every season of life, including old age. And what happens? It produces the seasons of discontent where all you want to do is be somewhere else, be someone else, and be in a different season. Because we believe that any season apart from the one I'm in right now is of greater importance. If I were here, if I were there, if I were him, if I were her, then it would be wonderful. But we chafe at where we are. So we never enjoy where we are. And produce a life of restless anxiety. And we sigh with if only I was there. What if I was there? Supposing I was, will you shut up and recognize the seasons of time that you is who you is, you are where you are for a glorious reason to discover what is there in Christ. Uh, it, it's, it's the culture that walks backwards into life. You, you, I can't do it anymore. But the moonwalk, you know, you, you're you're moving forward, but you're moving backwards, and, and that's how people go to work on Monday. Are they here? They're, they're they're sort of here, but they're really walking backwards while they're coming through the door. And then from Tuesday on, they always say, "If only it was the end of the week." If it's and then uh, on Friday, thank God it's Friday. Hey! Which means I hate life. I hate the seasons. Just let me get to a season that. But then what do they do on the weekend? They're bored to tears. They, they, they do what they do and they're as miscontent as they were. No. We want to skip seasons. I don't like winter. So let's just go straight from summer to spring. Let's skip. Yeah. Have the instant fruit. You know, who needs spring? It takes so much time. Let's go straight to August and start harvesting. Because um, that's what we predetermined. That would be the best. So I don't want all these other seasons in between. I want to win the lottery. Who needs to work, for goodness sake? I want to win the lottery. And what do you do when you win the lottery? Go nearly insane if you read the accounts. Why? Because we've never learned, we've never had a season of learning respect for money. We've never had a season where we know what money means in life. So when we get it, we don't know what to do. We go crazy because we've skipped seasons. It's about the only time you can. I, I want to be the inventor of homemade seasons. There'd be no pain, no darkness. Good grief. Who needs darkness at four in the afternoon? That's ridiculous. No, we do away with darkness. It's, we, we, we want a, a season of laughter and play. And, and always we've arrived at the end of success. Those people define blessing as a constant high. I'm blessed. Ha, 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 ha. It's, um, we call it triumphalism. It is the worship of triumph without any of what is triumph which leads to it. And of course, if you are charismatic um, in the season of winter, then that's the devil attacking, of course. And you rebuke the winter. You, you rebuke the trees that are bare. You pray it will go away. We've got to have fruit here, man. We've got to have fruit. Who got fruit on these bare trees? No, we rebuke the devil. We cast out the devil because we've got to have fruit. Huh. No. We see fruit bearing and wholeness 
is only possible if we're in another season. You, you really seriously think about that. If, if I was in another geography, I mean, I could be a great Christian in Montana, but I mean, I'm in Texas, so what can I tell you? You know, when I, when I used to travel city after city, the pastor would always say the same thing. He said, the devil really is here. It's not like, you know, they said, the, the devil really holds a stranglehold here. Um, and they, they had this geographical idea that they would be a great pastor if they had a church in Houston. But as it is, they're in New York City. So forget it. The devil rules in New York City. Devil hasn't been seen in Houston for years, but you know what I mean? If I worked somewhere else, if I had a different environment, if I didn't have to work with these people, then, you see, if I had different talents, if only I could do what Steve could do, my my life would be made. But the, the trouble is I'm stuck with what, and I'm so limited, I can't do very much at all. So how can God... Blah, blah, blah. In 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32, it's a very interesting little phrase, very little phrase in a very boring chapter. But he said, the, the men of Issachar, do you remember Issachar? One of the tribes of Israel you never hear about. But he says, the men of Issachar who understood the times and with the knowledge then of what Israel should do. Fascinating. They understood. They were not like giddy little children who just want to have everything right all the time. They understood what's going on. They understood the times. They could take the pulse beat of what God was doing. Therefore, they understood how to respond. They knew the answer to it. That's why I say this fits in with last week because Joseph understood the times. Do do you see that now? He understood the seasons. And when he went and and was standing next to the Pharaoh, he applied that to the max. He said, understand, understand the seasons. There'll be seven years of plenty. Don't go and squander the whole lot. Understand the times. It's seven years. We're in a season. What do we do with this abundance? We store it. We have enough, but we don't go crazy. We're, we're storing, we're building for something that's coming afterward. And when the seven years of famine come, then we're not going to be affected by it because we've already prepared. That is, in the summer of abundance, we're ready for the winter of bareness. See, what I am seeing today and the abundance of truth and revelation God is giving me will be the inner strength that carries me through in days that are yet to come, a different season. Do you remember in ancient Israel, you can read it in um, Deuteronomy, where they were to rest the land every seven years. Do you remember that? And to a farmer, um, that might have sounded crazy. How am I going to live? if I don't do anything on the land for every seventh year. God says, well, I'll look after that. But the, the, the cycle needs rest. That land needs rest or you're going to suck the life out of it. And he says, if you rest the land, then I'm going to supply all that you need and you'll, you'll, you'll have a wonderful year. But they didn't, they didn't. But that was the principle that... Just it's not see it's not a blur. It's not just work, 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 work. It says a stop. There's a there's a new season, and that season is to be still and be fed on your in innermost being. It's a season. Um, both Cheryl and I have been talking a lot about this because Cheryl, who goes into prisons and speaks to people on death row, um, well, she with COVID, she hasn't been able to go in for for over a year now. And it's very frustrating. And I I traveled, but the first week when COVID became acknowledged, in one week I lost a whole year's bookings. It's over. And suddenly, where, where am I? Where is she? And, and 
And of course, uh, do we rebuke this? Do, do we say this is the devil? Or do we recognize it's a season? And what am I learning? What's he speaking to me in this season? Who, who is this person that can know the seasons and not be like a bull in a china shop and miss what's going on? Who is this person that can be fruitful in its season? You have different fruits in different seasons. Who, who is this person? I think we've got to recognize the Holy Spirit is the teacher, always. And therefore, you ask, but ask for the wisdom to know the season. Probably it's one of the most um, unasked for. People do not ask for wisdom. They want power. Well, behind power is the wisdom to use it. And the biggest thing you can ever ask, Spirit of God, show me to know the season, open my eyes to see what's going on. And don't compare yourself to others because we're in different seasons. You, you understand? You are not in my season. You're not. Some of you in the last year, everything's opened up to you. Um, we can sit and talk about how everything closed down, but that's not true of everybody. We're in different seasons. And, and you are in a mess if you start comparing yourself to others and saying, you know, what's happening with them? It doesn't happen to me. No, it's a different season. Enjoy where you are. Um, in our front yard where we live up in, in the city, um, we have many trees and bushes. And when Cheryl came to live there, I told her, see those bushes? They're, they're going to be a mass of leaves and blooms. And Well, they, they were next thing to a bonfire ready to burn. I mean, it was just a mass of sticks. And I mean sticks, dead sticks, dry sticks. They just sat there. And I kept saying, wait, wait. They're, 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 it's, you're going to... And all the trees around began to bud and bloom, and there they sat, a bunch of sticks, all over the yard where we had the bushes. Sticks, 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 dead sticks. And everything else was blooming. It began to test my faith. I said, This can't, I know this. <laughs> I've seen that. And sure enough, suddenly, we went away for a weekend, and when we came back, it, it was all over the place bushes blooming and. And today there are thick, strong bushes. Birds could have a condominium in there. It's, but supposing the bush had looked at the oak tree and said, "It's but look at me." No, he would. This bush was just taking in what it needed. Taking in, it was producing inside itself these blooms and these leaves. The bush is not the tree. And you's not me, and I's not you. We are, we are in seasons. We recognize it. I say birds know the time. Birds get ready to migrate before they get hit by the frost and the ice. They know better. We bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Whatever season I'm in, my focus is on the Lord. Um, it's in everything give thanks in all seasons whatever's going on around me goodness and loving kindness shall follow me pursue me all the days of my life which takes on a new meaning when you think of it like this I, I never forget the horror um, back in the days of the charismatic and I, I heard people you would know, uh, and they were saying of the early church and of the persecuted church today, the, the persecuted church in China and Russia and North Korea, in Iran, and, and I quote, they, they said, if those people had the faith that we have, they wouldn't be persecuted. You've not heard that before. But, but that 
that was a, a common thing. We, we've, we've had this revelation. The early church didn't have this revelation. You see, that's why they were persecuted. Uh, but now we've got it. And if, if you had our faith, you wouldn't be persecuted. You would have taken over China and Russia and, and so on. Well, of course, that's just terrible ignorance. Terrible. because I say terrible because it affects millions of people who hear it. But the fact is, I, I've been to those countries. You talk about have faith. I'll show you faith. I, I've sat down with those who are in prison in Russia, solitary confinement for 15 years. And they speak with radiance and a glow on their face that they met Jesus. And I, and I saw the same in China. Um, and in both places, I'm supposed to speak? Give me a break. I'll sit at your feet and listen. I, you, know, you know what I mean? If you want to see faith, see a person in the season who is looking beyond the season to the God who anoints them and strengthens them and gives them ability and wisdom in the season. That's faith. It says it is planted by the waters. It brings forth fruit in its season. It's a tree that's planted by the waters. And its leaves don't wither. And yeah, the water of life, water of life is always the Holy Spirit, living water. And the living water of the Holy Spirit is for this time that I'm in. It's for this season I'm going through. You cannot have the anointing of the Spirit for next week. You can't. And maybe, uh, you know, you never thought about that. I think about it a lot because I'm preparing a message for when I'll be in Baton Rouge. And, um, but I know I will not know the ability of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom, the articulation. That won't be there until I step on the platform because you never waste an anointing. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't have a bank account in which you keep anointings. And um, you say, well, that would do for August, you know. No. <laughs> it's, it, it's in our season. What I'm going through right now, I have all the fullness of the Holy Spirit's giftings. I have all the abilities and strength and wisdom of the Spirit. But now, and I can prepare, as I prepared for this morning, that nothing really happens in terms of knowing that river of life until Marshall had finished reading the psalm and praying and I look at the camera and open my mouth. And then, I, it's for now. Do you understand now? We whine about the past and say, if only. And we're terrified of the future and say, what if? And there's no anointing for either. The past no longer exists and this future certainly doesn't exist. But in this now moment. And it says that this man does not listen to the counsel of the world. Uh, it, it sounds pretty rough the way he puts it. Um, if you, He says he doesn't, um, what is it? Uh, the counsel of the wicked stand in the path of sinners and will sit in the seat of scoffers. Um, I know it sounds pretty rough, but I just read a description of the media uh, of America and, and, and UK and everywhere else. That, that you know, it's, it's the, the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, that's not demeaning them. It merely means they have no sense of the equation in which God is in the news. That, that there's not, nothing there that say there's a meaning, there's a purpose. That there's no sense uh, of any season, it just, this is it, and we'll tell you the worst we know. And if I sit and listen to the counsel of the ungodly that many times is blasted at me through the television, then, um, well, I'm not going to understand a thing about what I'm talking about, that there's a meaning and a purpose for every part of your life. I wouldn't like to have heard CNN's commentary on Joseph in prison. Um <laughs> He was listening to a different voice. You understand? I hope you do. It says that this man meditates on the law or the teachings of I am day and night. 
You say, well, I couldn't do that. Oh, give me a break. You do it all the time. They call it anxiety. Um, Anxiety, you want to know what meditation is? Anxiety is meditating on life as if there is no God. That's anxiety. Anxiety is meditating on life as if God is faithless, a God who breaks his covenant and uh, 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 trashes all his promises. That's called anxiety. And you do it all the time. You wake up in the middle of the night and you anxiate. You, you keeps you awake at night as you keep over and over. And that's the meaning of meditation. It goes over and over and over, round and around and around it goes. Or another translation of meditation will be chewing the cud. If you're a country folk, you know what chewing the cud is. The, the sheep and the cows, they, they, you've seen them after they've eaten, long after they've eaten, and they're sitting they, they bring the food back and they chew it again and they re-digest it. And then they bring it and they re-digest it. That, that's meditation. You hear the word of God and you digest it and re-digest it and go back to it. Sometimes it bursts on you in worship. At other times it enlightens your mind. You go back, what is really there? I have meditated on a scripture for over a year before I preached it sometimes. Because there's so much there. I need to get the juice. I need the Holy Spirit to show me at every possible level. That's meditation. That's what the word means. And um, as I say, the world and many believers who have never been taught, they are experts in meditation. And we call it anxiety. We call it worry. But if you can just realize that's exactly what we do, we come to the word of God and we won't let it go. And as the cow won't let the food go, but regurgitates and chews it again. So anxiety won't let your crazy ideas of what isn't going to happen or is going to happen. But we take the word of God, we won't let it go, won't let it go, won't let it go. Let the Holy Spirit speak. And of course, the word of God, you must understand, is not simply this Bible. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. The, what we call the word of God, the Bible, is but Jesus in print. But that is somewhat limited. We meet with the... Li Jesus said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures. Meditate. You search the scriptures. Because you believe in them, you will find eternal life. But you will not come to me. And that, that's, don't, don't just get stuck in the Bible. And please don't quote that as if that's the only thing I said. But, <laughs> but I say, don't get stuck in the Bible. Realize that you, you are in the living, ascended Jesus. And he is in living fellowship meditation with the Father in which you're caught up. And that's, that's this person you're... You're always listening to the voice of he who is Lord of the seasons. And I'm not getting caught up in the season. I, I don't focus on the season. Do you, do you understand me? I don't focus on the season because many of them I don't like. But I focus on the Lord of the season who is the meaning of the season, who I'm going to meet in the season in a way I never would at any other time. So I learn to realize the presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in all seasons, at all times, and to recognize I am meeting them at a level I've never met them before as the seasons change. Because what I needed in summer, I don't need in the spring. I've got to discover him, the Lord of the spring, as well as Lord of the summer. I have a, a friend in Colorado, James, and um, he translates scripture, and sometimes he really hits it on the head. Um, and he sent me this just the other day, which fitted in with what I'm saying now. And I'll read it to you. It's Hebrews chapter 13, and verses, what, 3, 5? Uh, you, you, in, in our Bibles it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, even the Amplified Version tells you there's a lot more there than meets the eye. 
But he, James has translated this. Let me read it to you. And he's translating it as, as you and I speaking. We're the speakers. He says, I am not on my own. You have never, ever left me. You have never abandoned or forsaken me in a time of need or refused to answer or help me. Nor have you ever gone silent on me nor expected me to figure out anything on my own, which means you never will. And to go into life with that attitude, that is so. And sometimes the season, the character of the season causes me to forget that. And that's okay. Um, I mean, pain does make you forget God sometimes, and that's okay. He knows. He remembers our frame. He remembers that we are dust, as Marshall read. But, okay, once I've said it's okay, we're not going to condemn you for it. But then bring yourself back to reality and recognize I'm not on my own. You have never, ever left me. You've never abandoned me in any time or season. You never will. So the season then becomes a time not are forever talking about the season, but talking about discovering union with him in the midst of the season. That he is, he is the sufficiency of the season. Let, let me read you this in the New Testament. Um, he says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned, notice that, you won't get this overnight. I have learned to be content. Wow, that's a an hour's message right there. To be content in whatever circumstance, and you could put in there time, season, I'm in. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. Do you see... He said, I know I live through different seasons. There's Paul in Philippians writing. Uh, and when he says, I know how to get along with humble means, yeah, in Corinthians he tells us where, when he was half drowned in the sea, he was floating, hanging on to wreckage for three days. He'd been stoned and goes on and on. Yeah. He says, but it's okay. I'm content. There's grace in that day that carries me through but I also know how to live in prosperity. And that's the person who knows seasons. Because you can get lots of people that believe that unless you're an absolute wreck, then you're not spiritual. And of course, if you are in prosperity, they believe you're backsliding. Um, but know the seasons. Paul says, I know, I know. He says, in any and every circumstance, season, I have learned the secret of being filled, of going hungry. See, I'm not supposed to be hungry. I'm a child of God. I'm a king's kid. I don't go hungry. Hmm. You better learn this, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Both having abundance and suffering need. Then he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Oh, we've all heard messages on that. But who has ever told us what the all things are? It doesn't mean I can go out and leap over buildings. No, no. the all things in which I am strengthened is what he's just been talking about. Of the whole spectrum of hunger, prosperity, being filled, being empty. He says it comes down the pike. These are the seasons. But in every season, I, it's okay. I can handle every season. And he says, through him who strengthens me. And that is a interesting, if you try to translate, the Amplified Bible says, because I am self-sufficient in his sufficiency, um, which is as good as it gets. Uh, I'm, I'm able, I have the ability, I can handle this in his ability. I live yet not I is Christ. It's um, 
It's it's the New Testament saying what we're looking at in the Old Testament. And and look at the day. Paul preached to the whole world, well, the world of his day. And we can well, that was blessing. Obviously, he's bringing forth fruit. Of course, that's blessing. Yeah, but then he spent a good many years in prison. Well, that couldn't. I mean, no, you that couldn't be blessing. How could how could God bless it? But just a minute, it was in the prison that he wrote epistles when he didn't speak to the world of his day. He spoke to the world of all time. And we've been reading his letters ever since. Do, do you follow me? It's And Paul said, speaking from such a prison for me to live is Christ. Period. That's it. Yeah. The season is a time of crisis, I've said that. Radical change, the kairos, takes us out of the comfort zone of the previous season. If you're going to be this kind of person, recognize that and stop moaning. It's a time of restlessness, of course it is. Great restlessness, when something's ending, another's beginning, is where two oceans meet, and it's a time of restlessness. But, but don't reject it just because it's different. And just because you've never been here before and therefore you've never needed the grace that is here. The Israel, you remember, they were in Egypt as slaves and then Moses came and Moses, the voice piece of God and, well, all that Israel did was have front row seats to see the biggest miracle meeting you've ever seen. As ten plagues came upon Egypt, they didn't do a thing. They just sat there and said, this is good, you know. And with every plague, another part of Egypt crumbled and fell. And then would you believe that they leave Egypt and there's a pillar of fire leading them out and they come to the Red Sea and it parts and they walk through and they haven't done a thing. All they do is follow Moses. We've got it made. What a season! Season of wonders, season of miracles. And then we come to the borders of the promised land. It's a change of season. What's the change of season? You have learned for the last year what your God can do. You saw God do through Moses. Well, time of learning. Did you realize you were learning? <laughs> Time of learning's over. You go in and clean out the land and settle down. I said, we can't do that. This is full of giants. What are you doing? It's suicide. You're sending us in to kill us. What? I don't want this season of life. Are you daft? I don't want this. Are you mad? Send him in there. In the, in the, it's like going into the mouth of an alligator. You, you can't send me in there. And they turned around. And they said, we don't want that. So they go into the desert. And there's one or two miracles through the 40 years in which they're passively sitting there because that's as far as they've got. And when things didn't go their way, they said, we want to go back to Egypt. Do you know how many times they said that? We want to go back to Egypt. Why would you ever want to go back to Egypt? Well, at least you knew what was going to happen. It, it was comfortable. Um, it was our safe zone. We knew how to live. We knew how to work with it. I wanted to be like it was. I wanted to be like it was. I don't like what it is. And so they skipped or tried to going into the promised land and what was left to do was a mishmash of the past but all they wanted we want the safe zone we want to be comfortable don't don't push us into something new think about that there are churches all over the world 
that are sitting in yesterday's season and they refused to budge and they are as dead as dinosaurs because they didn't move with the season. Because, and I have to say this, the, the glory of God's love is, you might not think so, but the glory of his love is he'll bring you back to face the season again. And you might kick again, and so you'll go off and wander and come back and face the same season because you've got to go through the season. You've got to. But we don't, we don't. The old, the familiar is the default. That, that's where I want to be. Do you remember Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and they were very upset. Why were they upset? Because something new was happening and it doesn't fit our old system. It's never been like this before. We, we don't want this. New season. Even when it, that new season was Jesus in your face. And so he says, it takes new wineskins for the new wine. And having told them that, do you remember the last sentence? I've never heard a sermon on it. But the last sentence, Jesus said, but you'll still say the old is better. He says, even though the new wine has come, you'll still say the old is better. We could look at Jesus himself. He walked through all the seasons. He was a child. He was a teenager, but you don't know anything about that, do you? Because that was a season of utter silence. Can you imagine from 12 years old to 30, you don't know one thing of Jesus because it's, that was the season. Silence. And then suddenly, the voice of John the Baptist. And when Jesus heard the voice of John the Baptist... It quickened inside. It was, close the carpenter door and go and meet with John. And Jesus closed the carpenter shop and went down to meet with John and the rest is history. But even that had its seasons because he went from the Holy Spirit coming upon him straight into the wilderness to face the devil. That was a season of six weeks. And then the season of miracles and wonders that moves into the incredible season of utter rejection and suffering and crucifixion, which moved into the season of death and resurrection. And we discover the unchanging faithfulness of God in the middle of every season. So we never ask why, because that short-circuits everything. We are going to know what up to this point we've not known because we've never been here before to know it. We're going to experience what up till now has been untried. We're going to go into the depths of God's love and know it and we're going to find the ability to live it. So you don't ask why. You ask, what are you revealing of yourself that I need to see and to participate in? You need to pray, what are you revealing about our union, me in Christ and Christ in me in the Father, that I could never have known at any other time? What rivers of life flow here that don't flow anywhere else? If you follow me. What promises did you make specifically for this moment? They belong now to be taken. Please show them to me. Because each season has its own promises that don't fit anywhere else. In the fall, I need the ability and the promise of harvest. In the spring, I need the ability to sow and plant. So we don't run from the season. We don't wistfully look back. We look through the season. See, the world always defines the season by its pain. And they're very good at it. They never glory in the summer. They complain of mosquitoes. Um, you know, it's always too hot. 
or too cold or too wet. Have you noticed? We'd say it quickly, but when the scripture says in everything give thanks, that's an unknown to this world. This world is rigidly set in everything complain uh, because that's how they see the seasons entirely as it affects me. Instead of what I'm saying is the season is the doorway into the heart of God in a way you've never known before. It's also his doorway into your life to redeem this season and put his mark upon this season in you and through you. So, I'm going to read, I read this a couple of weeks ago from Book of Song of Solomon. Only now, let me read it again in the light of what I've just said, and then I'm done. He says, uh, and the, the king, the bridegroom is speaking, Come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart, to lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. The season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth, left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. Hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you, guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth all around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. Budding vines of a new life are now blooming everywhere. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. Run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. Because now I want to preach on that, but I promised you that would be it. Um, so, the plane has landed. Um, I've said what I set out to say. So may the Holy Spirit open the eyes of our understanding to step back and have a totally new vision of where we are in life and what's going on. And not just now, but realize this is life. Cycles, change of seasons. And to be aware of it, that's life. And so, Father, thank you. You are the God of all seasons. You are the God of all our times. And in you is a newness of opportunity, a newness of way that baffles us sometimes. But open our eyes and lead us into a place of contentment that knows you're here and you are here, our sufficiency, and you in us and us in you are walking through this season to the glory of the Father. That's the way it is. Amen. Amen.